Hi, I'm Peter Tragos, host of the Lawyer You Know podcast and YouTube channel. The saying goes, everyone hates lawyers until you need one. Well, I'm here when you need one to answer your questions and give you insight that you didn't know you needed. Along with my partners, Pete Sardis, the professor, who has a finance and business background, and George Tragos, my dad, and the conciliary, a criminal defense giant, we can answer any questions you have. Hi, everybody. Pete Sardis for The Lawyer You Know. And today we are going to talk about why the federal district court judge in the Sonny Balwani trial shut the courtroom down and heard testimony behind closed doors. We'll talk about what it means for Sonny Balwani, and we're going to talk about what it means for Elizabeth Holmes. But before we do that, as always, if you're liking the video, give me a thumbs up. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe. And as always, please leave me questions and comments down below. All right, so what happened? The defense filed a motion to dismiss the indictment. The motion to dismiss basically says that the government has engaged in a discovery violation known as a Brady violation. We'll talk about what that means in a bit. In the discussion between the lawyers and the judge about what it would take to argue that motion, it became clear that two things were going to happen. A, the lawyers were going to be talking about testimony that is in sealed transcripts. And B, there is a possibility that the government would have to discuss evidence that they've identified in a prosecution that is ongoing, which means for our purposes, it looks like the Theranos case is not done. It looks like the government is looking for more people to potentially charge with crimes in conjunction with Theranos. So let's talk about what all of this means. First things first, let's just discuss the fact that in the United States, Courts are public forums. And what I mean by that is you can walk into any court in the United States, sit down in the gallery and watch legal proceedings as they're happening. No one's going to come up to you and ask you to leave. No one's going to question you why you're there. You have the right to go see all court proceedings because they're public. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule. For example, if a child is testifying, many times the court will close the courtroom just to avoid creating added stress for that child. Another opportunity for the court to close the courtroom is if the evidence or the testimony is somehow sensitive. For example, a matter of national security, or in this case, what seems to be an ongoing prosecution which has not been publicized yet. So what happened was the judge uh, basically discussed with the lawyers that it would be easier to just shut the courtroom down and to have that testimony heard behind closed doors, not in the purview of the public, which is exactly what happened. If you look at the trial docket, which is something that I'll uh, a link to this video, there are about, actually not about, I'll tell you specifically, 1,382 entries. Number 1,382 is in fact the hearing minutes for this particular uh, motion. And what it shows us is that it took about an hour and a half for the lawyers to argue this thing before the judge opened the courtroom back up. Let's talk for a moment about what it means to file a motion to dismiss. First, let's start by saying that a defense lawyer has an obligation to the defendant to make sure that they raise any issues before the judge that could either get a case dismissed, meaning dropped, uh, that could somehow, you know, make the proceedings more palatable for the court to be able to um, exercise its gatekeeping role. And number three, it also is an opportunity for the defense to be able to notify the judge if things are happening that are not 
you know, right, meaning they're either a violation of the rules, the law, whatever the case may be. In this specific instance, the defense files a motion under a case that we, in legal jargon, call a Brady violation. And what that means is there is a Supreme Court case called Brady versus Maryland. And this Supreme Court case stands for the premise that a prosecutor has an obligation to provide exculpatory information to the defense. I'll explain that in a minute. But my purpose, though, is to tell you that when we as lawyers have case law that is relevant to us, and especially if these humongous tenets of law are, um, you know, are summarized in a specific case, we use the case name to express to a court what exactly it is that's going on. And in this case, the defense has cited Brady versus Maryland violations, which we call a Brady motion. Let's talk about what Brady means. The Brady case basically stands for the premise that a prosecutor is not a lawyer like a plaintiff's lawyer is, whose job it is to uh, present their client's case to the court. A prosecutor has an obligation to justice. And because a prosecutor has that obligation, what Brady stands for is the premise that a prosecutor not only must prosecute a case in order to you know, make sure that people are convicted if they commit violations of the law. But it also says that a prosecutor, in the interests of justice, is obligated to provide notice to the defense if there is any evidence, witnesses, testimony, materials, you name it, that could benefit the defendant either in their defense, demonstrating that this defendant may not be responsible or liable for the case, or frankly, any materials that would help uh, exonerate or potentially exonerate the defendant. And this is the motion's crux that, that we're talking about here in, in the Balwani case. At this point, the defense has said that the, def that the prosecutor has failed to provide that exculpatory information. All right, so what happened? I don't know. And the reason I don't know is the judge has reserved ruling on that motion, meaning the judge heard the argument behind closed doors, but has not yet made a decision about which way he is going to rule. And this is not abnormal. Normally what will happen in a big matter like this is the judge will listen to the arguments, will also take the written pleadings of the parties, and the judge will then give that information to one of his law clerks. And those law clerks are professional law clerks. They're normally not law students. These are people that have been lawyers for a number of years. And they will then do research on behalf of the judge to basically give the court guidance on both sides on a more neutral standpoint about what the court should do. And then the court considers the information provided by the law clerk and renders an opinion. Now, Let's talk about what the possibilities are. Of course, on one side, the court could deny the motion to dismiss, at which point there is no Brady violation, at least in the court's eyes, and the case continues on. Option number two, the court could determine that there is a Brady violation, but the violation does not rise to the level that the case needs to either be mistried or dismissed, and it basically would be an irrelevant violation. That being said, then we get to like the more harsh possibilities. The judge can, in fact, make a determination that a Brady violation has happened and that exculpatory materials were, were withheld. And because of that, the trial is no longer fair to the defendant. So what the judge could do in that instance is the judge could declare a mistrial, 
send the jury home basically, reschedule the trial, giving the defense enough opportunity to evaluate the material that was withheld and determine how it would affect their strategy in their defense or of course, determine if they need to go you know, look and research other information, look for other witnesses, things like that. Obviously, the most extreme uh, resolution the court could come to is to dismiss the indictment completely. Can the court do it? Absolutely. And what would that mean? The court would have to find that there was in fact a violation. And if the court determined that the violation was so flagrant and is of such character that it can no longer allow the prosecution against the defendant to go on, the court can absolutely dismiss the indictment against Sonny Balwani. Now, if that were to happen, or if the court would determine that there is a violation of Brady, meaning that material was withheld, this is going to have an implication, potentially, on Elizabeth Holmes. Why? Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani are tried in parallel counts. They're co-defendants and co-conspirators. And what that means is, because they're charged with the same crimes, most likely, if there is a violation of Brady, which would mean that the, the prosecution, excuse me, withheld exculpatory information, chances are that's going to have an impact on Elizabeth Holmes as much as it does on Sonny Balwani. And if that were the case, what would happen? The defense lawyers for Elizabeth Holmes would probably move to have the verdict against her set aside. And if the verdict was set aside, the court would have to do one of two things. A, order a new trial for Elizabeth Holmes, at which point they start all over again from the beginning. Or, number two, dismiss her indictment, which again is the extreme of what the court has the right to do. Now, to be clear, I don't know what the court's going to do. I don't know what the evidence that was presented was other than what's in the actual pleading. But at this point, we are waiting to see what the court decides. In the meantime, just so you know, the court is not stopping the proceedings. Court continues on, but the court is taking this motion dismiss under advisement. So things are continuing to progress until the court makes a determination. Okay, so other than making a decision about whether or not this case is going to be dismissed, is not only going to affect Sonny Balwani, but it's also going to potentially affect Elizabeth Holmes. Kind of an important situation here. The next part of this that's very interesting is the government has made a representation that there are documents apparently that were found during the subpoena, a search of someone else's home. This person apparently was an, a vendor or an, uh, an independent contractor that was consulting with Theranos. So from my perspective, what this means is the prosecution of the Theranos fraud generally has not stopped, meaning that the uh, government and their agents are still out there looking to see if other people may very well be liable or that other people may have broken the law in regards to this fraud and may also be indicted and tried just like Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani. Is this normal? Yes. Many times the government will make a case and in the course of you know, preparing for a prosecution, they will learn things that may be crimes or potential crimes involving other people. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go forward on those main defendants and get a conviction, at which point when other people start to become targets of an investigation, meaning they're the people that the government is looking at to say you have committed a crime, uh, they already know that the government will prosecute you. They'll go to trial, 
and probably they'll win. So this concept of you know continuing prosecutions is not strange. It happens all the time. Other than that, I really don't have much more to share with you about the Balwani case right now. There's really not a lot of information coming out in the media that I can identify. In addition, I'm trying to look at whatever's in the docket and give you kind of the highlights of important things. As I'm sitting here today, other than this obviously pretty important thing uh, with this motion dismissed, there's not really much more there that is worth you know spending time on. But at this point, I am going to link the docket so you can take a look at it yourselves and you can see what has happened in the Sonny Balwani case. You see all the pleadings, you can see all of the motions, the orders, the day-by-day -day minute entries that the clerk of court does on the docket so you can see kind of how the progression of this case has gone. But with that, again, if you enjoyed this episode, give me a thumbs up. If you've enjoyed the series, please subscribe. And as always, please leave me questions and comments below. I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think? Do you think that the government actually engaged in some sort of misconduct, which would mean that the Sonny Balwani slash Elizabeth Holmes trials and prosecutions might go away? Uh, do you think this is just the defense kind of overdramatizing uh, something that they identified trying to make a mountain out of a molehill? Tell me your thoughts. I'd like to hear them. And with that, we'll keep you posted and we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.